this is not a give to get situation. Right. I'm not going to to physically touch you or do whatever it is so I get what I need. Right. I'm going to do it back to what we talked about in our covenant episode is I'm doing that because I know that's best for you. Right. It's how you're going to feel love and it and as your spouse and as part of who you are, I want to love you well. You're listening to the Dream Marriage Podcast with Brian and Allison Dalkey. Most married people probably wouldn't say their marriage is a dream. Many would even say it's a nightmare. But with the right priorities and a unified vision, you and your spouse truly can have the dream marriage. Hey, thank you for joining us once again on the Dream Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Dalkey, with my co-host, Allison Dalkey. I've never called you a co-host. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. <laughs> Actually, you should be the host and I should be the co-host. But anyway, we're going sideways. Today, today we're really excited with this topic, the topic that we're talking about. The topic is love languages. And it's something that since Allison and I recognized what this was and started putting it into practice, which we'll explain to you guys, it's something that drastically changed our marriage um, at a point where we really needed it. And so, Allison, why don't you tell us, well, first tell us what the love languages are. Yeah. So, well, first of all, there's five different love languages. This all comes from Gary Chapman's book written back in the 90s um, titled Five Love Languages. And it's really just a way to express, it's how you express and how you experience love. Right. So we all experience love in different ways. Um, and we'll talk about the five, well, here's what they are, the yeah. five love languages. So there's acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, and quality time. So basically, we all have a primary way that we experience love. Right. That means if you speak words of affirmation over me, that's going to make me feel loved, right? Where somebody else, I might speak words of affirmation over someone else, and while that may be nice and that may feel good to them, it's not necessarily how they experience love. Right. So it's just a way to distinguish based on our personalities, on our upbringings, on our experiences, how we as human beings and individuals, how we both express our love to others, but also how we experience it right. from others. And I think a good example of that, we all know somebody that's a hugger. Oh, right. right. Yeah. 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 Like we all, we have in our families, we have them in our friends groups. For There's sure. that one person that's the hugger. And I don't know that I would say I'm I'm a hugger, but I don't mind a hugger. Right. Allison doesn't love a hugger. I no. Okay. Well, listen. yes. There have, <laughs> there have been times in our marriage when, you know, maybe we're, mm. we're somewhere at church or at a family gathering or something. And I've seen her look at me and be like, babe, that one over there's a hugger. <laughs> like, just help me avoid, you know, that like headed off, give them a, a hug big enough for the both of us kind of deal. Like, yeah. okay, gotcha, babe. I'll protect you that way. So that's just a good example. A hugger is probably a physical touch person. Right. Most of the time. Yeah. Right. It's interesting too, because this is just a way for us to also better understand each other. I think it's easy to assume, we, we can assume a lot of things about the people around us, but it's easy to assume that, well, if I feel love this way, that's how somebody else is going to feel love. Right. But that's just not true. No. It, it, it's just not true. But it is our natural tendency to want to show love mm -hmm. in the way that we receive love. Right. So 
going back to Allison and I's story, kind of where we discovered this, I'm a physical touch person. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing we have found out through the years of doing retreats, a lot of men are. I don't want to say all men because there's some men that it's the last thing on their list. Yeah, we have had that. Yeah. But probably 60%. I think Gary covers this in the book as well. I think it's maybe 60-ish percent of married men, physical touch is high. And part of that's because, you know, obviously sex is a physical act Mm -hmm. and stereotypical or not, men typically enjoy that. And so that can be higher on their list sometimes. Now, the flip side of that is that we've met women that it's their highest. We've met men that it's their lowest. So it can, it's not just always in a certain box, Mm -hmm. but mine does happen to be physical touch. It's Mm -hmm. always been my, my highest, um, gift. Anytime I've taken the love languages test, Allison's, when we first took this test, it was either her lowest or her second lowest. Yeah. One of the two. I can't. So when you, when you take this test, it gives you kind of just a brief overview of what your highest ones are, what ones fall in the middle, what ones your lowest ones are. Well, because I didn't know that. And because I just assumed she wanted to touch me because why wouldn't she want to touch me, right? Like I want to touch her every minute of every day. (laughs) So when I would give her physical touch, although she was probably a lot better than, she was probably a lot better at receiving it than she gave herself credit for because now we can look back and she would say, God, you would like in the mornings, if I hadn't had two cups of coffee, don't touch me, but you would come in for a hug. And so I would bear it and, you know, let it happen. And so we can look back on it now and say, she was, she was doing a really good job probably to try to show me love in that way. But it's, it's different. You know, if you're a hugger, you know, when you, you can feel it when someone hugs you back. And so you're saying I wasn't hugging you back. I mean, maybe, maybe (laughs) it wasn't like fully committed. Right. Yeah. It was kind of a, it was a obligation as opposed to, you know, something you did and you wanted to do. Right. So when we took this test, physical touch was really high on mine. Ali's highest was words of affirmation. Mm Mm-hmm. And words was low on mine. Words was, I think, the fourth, second from the bottom on mine. And so one thing Allie was always really good at was speaking into me and giving me words, which is great. Like, I I don't ever want her to not say, hey, I love you. I'm proud of you. You know, I'm excited for you about this, you know, thing that you're doing. But it doesn't have the same effect on me as her just coming and giving me a big hug. You don't, it's not like when I come and tell you, babe, the way that you, you know, parented our kid yesterday, like, I'm just, I'm grateful that you're my husband and parent of our kids. Like, if I'm giving you those words, that's nice to you. Right. But it's not like you're walking away from that conversation going, gosh, she loves me. Right. Well. I mean, I know that you know that. Yeah. But it's not like it's affirming that necessarily. Right. Just because of how you experience love. So the flip side of that is, yes, I I would love it if she did that. Right. But the better way. For you. For me. Yeah. To show me that you appreciated the way I parented yesterday would be to say, hey, meet me in our room. She locks the door behind me, says, take your shirt off. She takes her shirt off and she gives me a skin to skin hug and says, yesterday when you were parenting, it just made me so grateful that we have children together. And honestly, it made me just want to like be all over you like that kind of thanks. Oh, I'd be, I'd have, I mean, that's just the greatest day for the rest of the day. Like that just starts my day off in absolutely the right direction. So here's what's a little bit, this is what is, what can be challenging about knowing your spouse's love language and knowing that it's different than yours. So all the retreats we've done, all the couples we've sat with, we always make them 
take a love languages test before they come. Right. And then this is one of our sessions in retreat. And we have never had people have the same. Nope, like, exactly. You know, like you, of course. We like, had some similar, but never yes, exactly the same. Never. And so what's chat, what can be challenging about that is just like I said, my tendency might be to just go give him words because that's how I experience love. Right. But what I have to do as I get to know my spouse better in the covenant relationship we're in, I want to serve him in a way that he experiences love. And so that means I have to think like he would think. Right. What would he want? What And it, and it helps now that I know. I know that physical touch is one of his highest is the highest. And so I can, I can choose to show love that way. Right. I have to make that decision. Right. Well, and I think over time it, it grows. So when Alice and I were giving examples of, you know, if she says, Hey, I'm so proud of you for, you know, the way you parented our kid yesterday, for example, the longer we've practiced loving each other within our love languages, the more I appreciate her love language and I can start to receive love better in that way as well. And vice versa. Allie's physical touch has gone way up. I think it's second from the top now where mm-hmm. it used to be second from the bottom and words, I think has done the same for me because when you're loving your spouse in their language, your bucket starts to get filled when you're giving love in that way mm-hmm. and you know, it's received well. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it kind of flips on its head and, and you start to appreciate that kind of love better. Yeah. So we've seen each of ourselves grow in our spouse's love language. We're, we're still not the same, mm-hmm. you know, almost 20 years married. We're still not the same, but I do think this is something that can conditionally change over time, mm-hmm. depending on how your spouse is showing love. Well, and we've also, we also are very aware and have seen in our own lives that oftentimes depending on the season or the circumstances, my love languages may shift a little bit and I just may need something different than I normally would. Yeah. Like acts of service, I, acts of service, I think is third on my, was third on my list initially. It, mine, my number one was words of affirmation. Um, my second one was quality time. And I think those pretty, those stay pretty true, but acts of service is one. I'm like, if you want to do something for me, that's great, but I don't feel burdened by it. But there's definitely been seasons where I just, it may not even be that I need to feel love that way. It's just like, I actually just need some help. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it can shift too in depending on the circumstances and what's going on where I really just, while I would love for you to, to tell me how great I am while I'm doing all the laundry and all the things, what I really need you to do is help, is help me do the laundry yeah. and all the things, you know? Well, and I think also, and, and the book does a great job of, of breaking all of this down. Oftentimes the things that you need the most and the love language that ends up being the highest or one of the highest are, are maybe things that you're currently lacking Mm. or you're not receiving currently. So like Allison said, in a season where she just needs help, like when she's drowning in laundry and dishes, acts of service will be higher Mm -hmm. than, you know, if I'm standing there with pom-poms cheering her on as she's doing the dishes, you know, (laughs) giving her words. She's like, Hey, stop with the words and get into the action. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it changes. And, And the same with me, physical touch. When, when we first took this test and we'll get into in the next episode, we will get into how this all played out and came yeah. to fruition. And it's, it's a really cool story looking back. But when this started, my physical touch number was so high. It was, it was the highest it could possibly be, but we were in a season where I wasn't getting much physical touch mm-hmm. from Allison. And 
there were seasons we've had where maybe she intentionally held it back because she didn't feel like I deserved it. And that, again, goes back to the covenant we talk about. You don't do it because they deserve it. You do it because they don't deserve it. But because of that season we were in, I needed it like crazy. Uh I mean, I I almost, when we took the test, I almost felt, I don't want to say wrong, but just needy. I was like, holy cow, do I really need physical touch that yeah. much? And I, and I did. Well, and I actually think but that, it felt selfish. I think the first time we took this, I, w- I think it was probably when Lucy was a baby. Mm-hmm. So, so back this is eight plus years ago, back to circumstances at that time, I, I remember we, we have four kiddos, which I'm sure we've mentioned, but, um, from 16 all the way to eight and any, any season when I was nursing or in just that very physicalness of tiny baby world, right. I didn't want to be touched. Like, and, and that was because you're, someone needs your body all the time. Even right. if you're not physically nursing a baby, like if you're just, if you are the caregiver of a very infant child, your body is caring for a tiny person. Right. You're holding, you're rocking, you're feeding, like you're at their beck and call. Yeah. And so there comes a point where like, I just want to be alone and I don't want anybody to touch me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and in that season, when we took this test, and and this was a a new idea to us. And for some of you listening, this might be the first time you've ever heard of this. Many of you, maybe you're very, you know, practiced and up to date on the love languages, but I think regardless of of which you are it changes seasonally. But for us, when we first found out about this and, you know, again, I took that test and it said my physical touch was off the charts. We were in a season where she was verbalizing, don't touch me. Like I, I need some time without any physical touch. And that's hard to hear from your spouse because you're like, well, gosh, I'm just learning about myself. And, and we, that's how I need love. And she's saying I can't have it. But we were able to communicate through that. And we, I think by the time, you know, you have four babies, you begin, you get better at understanding why you feel that way. Right. You know, maybe with your first or second, you're like, why do I feel like I'm going to, you know, like leave and never come back unless I get 10 minutes by myself. Right. Well, and you know that it's, that season's going to pass. Yeah. Because you've yeah. been through it multiple times. So you point. get better at it, but it still is challenging when you know that's what your spouse needs and you feel empty to give it. Like, I just remember feeling like, oh my gosh, like I feel bad because I, I know that's what he needs, but I, like, I can't. Yeah. But there's ways to combat that too in a season when maybe things are not ideal or circumstances are not exactly what you would like want them to be like for me, even I was just thinking through like what, how did that get better in seasons? Like for me, it was, if I was home with a baby all day and running a business, because that's just how we did things. I just needed some alone time yeah, and I needed some time to charge back up. And if I had that, then I was much more willing and ready to feel like, okay, I can also give you what you need without just completely burning out. Well, and the other thing I think we did in that season, it, it helped me understand that the reason she doesn't want physical touch is because she has a baby on her at all times. Right. And so anything I could do to alleviate that and just to, you know, obviously I, I couldn't breastfeed the baby. And because of my work schedule, I wasn't home a lot. But when I was home, if it was just a matter of consoling them or getting down on the floor and playing with them or whatever, any, any way I could take that physical burden off of her, it, it helped recharge her Mm -hmm. where she could give me physical touch. Yeah. And so I think it's a, you know, it's, 
it's kind of a backwards way of looking at it. But when, when you want to be, you know, like, let's say your physical touch, but your spouse isn't, if there's things that you can do environmentally to help them get to a place where they're better at doing that, it's, it's great, but it's also communication and, you know, having that open line to be able to communicate about it. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about, we've had people come to our retreats and they'll look at their results from their test because everybody brings them and we discuss and it never fails. Somebody's top will be receiving gifts and they'll go, oh my gosh, I feel like so selfish, selfish and such a materialistic. materialistic. Yeah. You're like, no, 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 that's not it at all. What the, the great thing about gifts is they, they don't have to be expensive. No, it's, it's just receiving something. So I, I read something the other day where someone said, man, if my spouse, they had, they lived out in the country and they said, if my spouse would come home and just stop on the roadside for 30 seconds and pick me a few wildflowers and then walk in the door and hand me some wildflowers and give me a kiss on the forehead. Like just that gift that he thought of me on his way home enough to stop for 30 seconds and pick some wildflowers that changes our entire evening. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there reading that going, wow, that's, that's impactful. And that costs nothing. And it just takes 30 seconds of effort, but it shows them that you're thinking about them. Yeah. It's just, this is also really helpful to understand how your kids express and receive love yeah, because we have kids that have all the range of this, yeah. right? We have a physical touch. We have a gifts, we, we have, have a quality words time, of affirmation and we have a word. We have all of them. Yeah. And because they're different and they experience love in different ways, we have to express love in different ways to right. them. Right. And so I think it's powerful to know how your kids experience love too, because that can really change the way you interact with them. Right. It can help you be more intentional and more impactful. Yeah. You know, so let's just really briefly, like we've talked a lot about physical touch because that's your top. Um, let's talk about some examples of these other love languages. Like what is an example of active service? So an active service, which you kind of touched on, like there's seasons where, you need me helping with the laundry or you need me helping with the dishes or, and we've, we've talked about this in previous episodes. It might be in the morning just saying, what can I take off your plate today Mm -hmm. or this week? What can I take off your plate? When you look at your schedule, where is there a spot that you're like, I I don't know how I'm going to get all this done. So just even offering to take something off of their plate, take a burden off of them in whatever that looks like is an, is an act of service. And especially when they trust you enough to say, yes, if you could take this, that would be great. Serving them in that way, oftentimes it doesn't take a lot of effort. And sometimes it might just be something that takes 15 or 20 minutes. Or less. I was actually going to, men, I just want you to know, and I, this was, I shouldn't even have started with that. It's stereotypical, but it takes five to 10 minutes to empty a dishwasher. That's it. Well, you can just forget the men. Look at me and talk to me about this because this is... <laughs> You were saying men to not look at me and say, hey, no, actually, husband, hear me I right now. Look at you. But it's just those things. And uh, we can often get into the rut of, you know, we each have our responsibilities and the things that we just do in our household. And that's great. But to know also if you're if you experience love through acts of service and your spouse goes out of their way to serve you with an act of some sort. Right. That's a huge get. Like yeah. the way you feel love is great. And it, it doesn't have to take a ton of time or energy, right. right? Yeah. So words of affirmation is my top love language. It's- so why don't you talk about when I started practicing this well, Yeah. what did that look like? It looked like 
post-it notes all over our house. <laughs> That's a little dramatic. It wasn't for one. I've always loved post-it notes because I just, just do. She has a weird post-it note fetish. You love post-it notes now too. Uh, yeah. I think I've grown to love them. Yes. I think they used to annoy me. They're, they're helpful. But I've just accepted them as being a part <laughs> of our life and now they're all over the place. Yeah. But when he really started to understand how much power his words had over me, that, that it was so helpful to me that I really felt loved when he wrote words to me. He just started writing a lot of words to me. And so what? Oh no, I was going to agree. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Um, yeah. So he started writing words. He would take a post-it note and write me just as simple as I love you. And I'm thinking about you. I actually, you just looked at the post-it note on my Bible right now. As oh, well, I didn't know if you read it. I didn't know. If you I did it read me. it. So he dates them. This one was from yesterday and he, so he dates them and writes me notes. And I have, when we moved from our last house, I had the inside of our cabinets in our bathroom were full of post-it notes of words. So what's crazy about that is even on a day when you don't write, he doesn't write me a note every day. Uh, but there was a season when you wrote notes. I mean, you were like a machine. Probably every day, yeah. For a while. Yeah. And yeah. then there's days when I write you four or five. Yeah. Depends. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I find them in different places, but when we moved, I just had, I remember thinking this is really cool. Cause I see him every day, even if he doesn't write me one, cause I keep them. And when we moved and I pulled them all off those, the inside of our bathroom cabinets, I was like, wow, one, what a cool thing for our kids one day to find like all these notes you've written me, at least the, the appropriate ones. ones. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to go through them at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but just that legacy of the words that you've spoken into me and the way that I feel really loved from that. It just makes me feel seen like that. I know that you, you took the five or 10 minutes it took to think of me and to, to pull out the pen and the post-it note and write me something and leave it for me. Yeah. It just, I feel loved that way. And then you speak words over me a lot too. Yeah. In prayer, in just when I need affirmation, you're good at that. You've yeah. gotten good at that. We're big advocates of praying over your spouse mm -hmm. out loud. And especially if you're, which maybe we're just the perfect combination, but if your physical touch and or words of affirmation, holding each other mm -hmm. while you pray over each other is maybe the most intimate act that there is. Oh, for sure. Well, when we started doing this, it, it, and there's no reason it should feel awkward. I mean, it, it's beautiful, but mm -hmm. it's, it feels a little awkward when you first do it, if you haven't done it. And it also is hot. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, but really it's, yeah. don't you know? So I know what you mean. Well, I think the first time we ever heard it, we, we kind of started it and I don't remember how many years ago it was, but we would, we would lay in our bed at night, lights off, which is funny. Cause it's, it, it is almost this intimate thing, which we don't now, like I'll, yeah. I'll pray over you whenever lights on, whatever. But it was almost like, okay, I don't want her to be looking at me while I'm <laughs> praying over her. You know, it's kind of like maybe the first couple of times you were together intimately, you're like, you know, every flaw in your body. Uh -huh. You don't realize that your spouse sees no flaws and then vice versa. You, well, you don't have any flaws, but you, you know, Smooth. you see yourself through that <laughs> lens of, you know, all the imperfect. So so, you know, as we practiced it and we got better and just more comfortable, you kind of forget that early on it's kind of awkward. So when we have couples come to retreats and we talk about this and we have them practice it alone, you know, we don't sit there and judge them as they do it. <laughs> but we've had people come and say, that's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Like that, 
that's more intimate than any sexual act or anything like that. And it just reminds you, especially in covenant, that it is you and your spouse and the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to be that way, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's maybe the most beautiful thing you can do, but it is initially a little intimidating. And so, but when we started practicing that, and like I said, it just maybe fits perfect because she's words and I'm physical touch. Um, if neither one of you is physical touch, maybe you don't hold each other. Maybe you just hold hands <laughs> or sit next to each other. But but praying over your spouse and hearing the way they're thanking God for you mm-hmm. and thanking God for the person that you are and the mother that you are, or the father you are, all of those things. Like I said, I'm not a huge words person, but when Allie does it, it, it really builds me up. Mm-hmm. And so that's something, and we'll talk in a later episode about the practice of that and what that looks like more in depth. Before we move on to the other two gifts and quality time, I just want to say about physical touch, physical touch is not just sex, like, which I think we made clear, but yeah. it is reaching out and putting my hand on his arm when we're in public, or it is reaching over and grabbing my hand while we're driving or smacking your butt when you walk by. Yeah. That is all the physical touch, you know, like Which it's gotten hard. Our eight year old is the police of keeping your hands at 10 and two on the steering wheel. Oh, right. So Ali will reach over to hold my hand. And so obviously if I'm holding her hand, I can't have both hands on the steering wheel. Which what is she a driver's ed? Like, right. we're- <laughs> how did this happen? I don't know. You know, but she'll be like, dad, both hands on the wheel, <laughs> which is cute. But I'm, you know, I'm like, baby, I'm touching your mom right now. Back off, you know? <laughs> but yes, it's like she said, it's not just sex. Obviously that is a part of it, especially if, if your spouse is high in physical touch, your intimate relationship, your sexual relationship will have a very strong piece of their well-being mm-hmm. when it comes to the way that they feel like they're being loved. And that's that's always really hard because sex oftentimes when marriages aren't going great is the first thing that slips or the first thing that gets pulled mm-hmm. by one spouse or the other. But like Allison said, it's also, you know, we're in the grocery store and I'm looking at different kinds of pasta and she just starts scratching my back or we're sitting next to each other in a movie theater and she puts her hand on my leg. It's every little act of physical touch that isn't necessary. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, and I think that's, that's true of all of them. So you go back to acts of service, you go back to words of affirmation. It's the things that we're doing and saying that we don't have to. Right. Right. I don't have to, speak, you don't have to speak words over me, right? You should absolutely, but you don't have to. And so it's the same with acts of service. Like you don't have to show up and empty the dishwasher, but gosh, that would be awesome. And if acts of service is my love language, I'm going to feel really loved that way. Right. You know? Yeah. It's different than you saying, give me words right now. Yeah. Uh, You're beautiful. (laughs) Great. Thank you. You know, that's not, it's like telling your kids to apologize to each other. Yeah. And they're like, I'm sorry. Sorry. Like they didn't mean that, you know? <laughs> and so it's when it's an effort is made that wasn't necessary or that, you know, didn't happen just naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So receiving gifts, we mentioned, you mentioned, you know, stopping and picking wildflowers. What else would that look like for someone whose gifts are high? So I think the gifts thing's kind of tricky because neither one of us are gifts. Yeah. And so Going into, like, anytime we have a couple that one of them is gifts, when they're sitting there like, all right, well, what do I do? I'm like, uh, you should probably Google it because I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I think it's the the examples that I read the other day were little things. Like, maybe you see something somewhere that reminds you of your spouse. Mm-hmm. And it might just be it might just be bringing home the ingredients to make their favorite dinner. 
mm-hmm. with them. You know, like little, so it's not, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go to Tiffany's and buy a right. $5,000 bracelet. It's not diamond bracelets and flowers right. all the time. Right. Not now, that we don't want those things. Right. And not Same that way. flowers are bad. Right. That's an easy, you know, whether it's store-bought mm-hmm. or wildflower picked or whatever. Yeah. Flowers, a lot of ladies love flowers. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful in their home. They smell good, all of those things. But I think that being married to someone with gifts, the best way I could give you advice on how to appreciate them is look back over the last few years mm-hmm. of the things that they've talked about receiving. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that time when you bought me, you know, that gift card to that place that I've just always wanted to shop there, but I've never wanted to spend the money. Well, now I have to because you bought me a gift card or whatever I, that might look like. I would also say watch what they purchase for themselves. So some people don't, they're not, they won't buy things for themselves. Some people will, because it's a way that, especially if that's how you experience love, it's a way to love yourself well too, to treat yourself to something or whatever. So watch what they buy themselves as well. Watch what they put in their wish list or their Watch what's in the Amazon cart. Yeah. And just to surprise somebody with something, it doesn't need to be huge. Right. But just, and all of this goes back to when someone chooses to express love to you in a way that you experience love, that it, it's just this reiteration of, I know you were thinking of me. Right. And that makes me feel loved. Right. Right. Um, the, the last one's quality time. I, it's pretty self-explanatory, but what are some examples of quality time? So quality time for, for people that aren't quality time people, they think that means just time in the same space. For people that are quality time people, Mm -hmm. that means time in the same space where you are truly together. Yeah. That probably means your phone's not involved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it probably means there's not a lot of other distraction. Or you're doing the same thing. Yeah. So like for us, this would be dinner around the table is a high value in our family. Yeah. And there's boundaries around that. We don't do phones, at which we we need rein that back in. We slip sometimes. As our kids have gotten older and we're all going in different directions, sometimes we feel like our phones are more necessary in case we need to, you know, whatever, but no, we need to. I know, but it doesn't feel like quality time to me when there's phones involved. And because like we talked about, we have basically each of our kids have different love languages, Mm -hmm. but at least two of them, quality time is very high. Yeah. And they notice yes. if we go a couple of days without having dinner around the table mm-hmm. and they will bring it up like, Hey, are we, are we eating at the table tonight? Like, uh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, we had. Okay. Yeah. Cause we didn't yesterday or the day before. And you're like, Oh man, they're keeping yeah. track. Yeah. And that, that one of the other things that we do for quality time in our family is we sit and watch a show together. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. So we like America's Got Talent as a family. We'll sit and watch that. And it's, I've noticed that even our littler kids, they want to watch it but they want to watch it with us. Only with us, yeah. Like, it it becomes this, this is one of those things we do together. Yeah. But it could be anything. It could be going on a walk with your spouse. It could be, I mean, ask them. Like, yeah. how can we spend time together? Yeah. Because I know for me, like, I love to go to movies, but when we are have been lacking in the quality time area, I don't want to go to a movie. Right. Because I don't feel like I, it's a checkout for me and in, in, entertainment but it's not me getting the time right. I want with you. Well, and I think that's one thing that we find where couples sometimes vary so much is, you know, someone might say, well, she says she wants quality time, but I get home from work and we're together for five hours. Yeah. 
But then you hear her version of it and Uh it's, well, no, you come home from work, but you sit on the couch and watch football Mm -hmm. and then we eat dinner together and you're looking at your phone Mm -hmm. and then I clean up the kitchen and you go do whatever. And we don't really look at each other and say anything to each other until we say goodnight. Right. And he's like, well, but, but I'm there. Well, no, you're not there. Yeah. And so that's where the big difference is not just, you know, don't think of it as just your time together in the same space, but think of it as your time truly looking at them and, and having conversation mm-hmm. and just sharing in them with the thing that they enjoy, which is just spending time with you. Right. So like I said in the beginning, this is a way for us to express love to our to our spouses and our kids, but also how it's how we experience love. And I want to reiterate, like, I want to make it really clear that this is not a give to get situation. Right. I'm not going to to physically touch you or do whatever it is. So I get what I need. Right. I'm going to do it back to what we talked about in our covenant episode is I'm doing that because I know that's best for you. Right. It's how you're going to feel love. And, it, and as your spouse and as part of who you are, I want to love you well. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And we didn't even hit on the way that you know, we talked about the post-it notes that I do in the words and praying and all mm-hmm. of that, the way Allison initially how it started and it's grown from there. But she used to have a rule that if she didn't have two cups of coffee yet, I wasn't allowed to touch her. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, that, yeah. that did. Used do you to remember do. that? Yeah. So then me, the physical touch person, you know, I'm trying to get her to shotgun coffee in the morning so I can <laughs> hurry up and give her a hug. So it's, you know, I'm in there waking her up. Hey, coffee's right next to your bed. Okay. You need another one? No, not yet. Okay. Well, when we started to practice this, she came to me one day and she said, Hey, I, I know you need physical touch in the mornings because, you know, I'm only there for so long and then you go to work. And she said, so I'm going to, I'm going to make an effort when I get up, even before I've had coffee, I'm going to give you a 30 second hug. And like, I'm really going to lean into it. (laughs) I'm really going to hug you. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sitting there, you know, on the inside, I'm going yay, but a little bit, I'm kind of like, it feels forced. It feels like she's having, but that's how, how it starts sometimes. And so we started our 30 second hug by the coffee pot. So as soon as we got done, (laughs) that's true. Listen, I was still an addict. I still need my fix. Right, right. We got to be right. And so, so that's how it started. But, but now over time it's turned into one, I don't need it as much because she's freely offering it so much Mm -hmm. more often. But then two, I kind of feel like you kind of need it more now. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. there's times I'm about to walk out the door and you're like, Hey, Hey, come here. Yeah. I, I need a hug. And I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. I forgot. Okay. But I think, you know, and we've talked about this, but as you start to practice it better and as you start to start to love your spouse in the way they feel love, mm-hmm. it's, it's not as much of a everyday super need mm-hmm. because you know, you've got this whole umbrella you're under of their, their love and their adoration and the way that they're loving you well. Right. And so, but I also think you said before, when you feel like we haven't had a lot of physical touch for a couple of days, you start to feel like something's off Yeah, and that you kind of need it because you know, I do. Right. And so that's where I think practicing this well ends up growing you both together in, into your love languages more that your spouse has as well right. because you practice it. And so you know what it takes to do that. Yeah. So that's good. So how can people find out what their love language is? Yeah. So, um, Gary Chapman's got a great website, five love And there's a link there to a free love languages test. And it's just questions like, would you want to, you know, it's, you, would you rather, would you really, rather, do you feel loved when this happens or when this happens? And it just kind of narrows down. Um, it's super easy. It's less than five minutes and they'll email you your results and it'll show you percentage wise. You feel most loved 
75% by physical touch or whatever. And it breaks them all down. So it's very, it's just a helpful tool. And it's a good reminder for yourself even, because this doesn't just impact how you like how your spouse can love you, but also how you can love yourself because we can show love to ourselves. And I mean, you know, there's like this whole self care thing, which that's kind of, but yes, how can I take care of me? And that's often by even focusing on your love languages to, to, to love yourself. Well, Well, and the other thing I would say, once you take the test, because depending on recent conditions and the way that your spouse is currently loving you. Like if you, if you take this right now and you and your spouse are not in a great place and you don't feel very appreciated by them lately or loved by them lately, your results might skew a little bit in the direction where you feel lacking the most recently. Mm -hmm. And then if you take it when you're in a good place, they might be slightly different. We've never seen it completely flip on its head opposite, right? but it could vary a little bit. So this is something we would say, take it now, But then also take it again in the future. We do this every year just to kind of see where we're at. And then the other way that he recommends you do it in his book and I believe on his website, he outlines ways that you can appreciate your spouse or significant other if this is their love language. Mm -hmm. When you're reading through those, like, you know, let's say you test and you get quality time. When you read through those and it says ways to express quality time with your spouse or ways to give love through quality time are this, this, and this. When you read those and you go, oh, my gosh if my spouse would do that, if he would grab my cell phone and his and shut it in a drawer and say, Hey, I want to spend two hours just us talking, going on a walk, just looking at each other and talking to each other. And you just fireworks go off inside (laughs) of you. Then yes, you're probably a quality person. So that's another good way to do it. It's just reflect your results off of what he writes about in his book and on his website and then to figure it out and then just communicate with your spouse. Yeah. This is a great thing for you both to do. Um, send this podcast link to your spouse, send the link. We're going to put the link to the test in the show notes. So if you're, you know, forget it, whatever, it'll be in the show notes, but do this together. And it's also when we do this at retreats, we have couples discuss, like we have examples, just like you'll find on the website of, you know, this is an example of how to love someone who feels love through um, quality time, whatever, but, but have a conversation. Would you feel loved if I did that and watch them light up or watch them say, no, like that doesn't really matter to me, but it's kind of that we don't really have those conversations, right? We tend to express love the way we experience it. And that's a shame because that's not necessarily, it's probably not how your spouse experiences love. So yeah. It's a great conversation. And it's actually really good if your love languages are different. Yeah. Because I believe I, we just believe that it allows you to grow together mm-hmm. in different ways. And we joke about how it's really good that both of ours isn't physical touch because we'd probably just be homeless living in a tent. We, you know, we might be living in a trailer be, down by the river. <laughs> We, we laugh because we do live in a, a trailer down by the river. We'd spend a lot of time just naked in a sleeping bag in our tent, you know, yeah. on the side of the riverbank. But it, you know, it wouldn't be as great as life is <laughs> right now. Well, I hope that this was opening. Maybe this is something you've thought about, or maybe this is just a great reminder of something, a conversation you want to have with your spouse. Or it may just be, I know my spouse's love languages, and I know that I have not been serving them that way. This is just a great little kick in the rear to say, okay, go do it. Like, not because they earned it, not because they've earned your love, just because of who they are and the covenant that you're in. That's right. So check out the show notes for the link to 
the Five Love Languages test that you can find at fivelovelanguages.com. And I hope that you'll join us for our next episode. We're going to continue this conversation of covenant and how we love each other well as we talk about love and respect, or as we like to call it, adoration and appreciation. And we can't wait to tell you a story about one thing that kind of turned our marriage completely around. So tune in next week or for our next episode. We hope to see you back at Dream Marriage. Thank you.